Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Jimmy Tingle Show. I am Jimmy, and I want to introduce you to a new segment of our show, the Meet the Candidate series. It is intended to give candidates running for public office a platform and a voice. So voters know who is running for office, why they're running, and what they hope to accomplish if they are so fortunate to be elected. So please feel free to share these interviews with your family and friends and citizens around this fine land, because an educated and informed population is essential for a healthy democracy. And isn't that what we all really want? A healthy democracy? Enjoy the interviews. Stay healthy. My name is Jimmy Tingle, and I approve this message. Today's guest is none other than the mayor of Salem, Massachusetts, Kim Driscoll, currently a candidate for lieutenant governor of the fine state of Massachusetts. Kim Driscoll, Madam Mayor, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm doing great, Jimmy. Thanks so much for having me. It's my pleasure. As I tell all the candidates, our goal is to give the people who are running for office in Massachusetts a platform to meet our listeners and for our listeners and our followers to meet them and get to know the people who want to represent them and currently, in your case, do represent them. So tell us, Madam Mayor, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where, who is Kim Driscoll, Mayor of Salem, Mass? Thanks, Jimmy. You know, I've been fortunate to be mayor in Salem for the last 16 years. Really grateful to lead and live in a welcoming and inclusive community. But I'm not actually a native of Massachusetts. I'm a Navy brat. My dad grew up in Lynn. My mom is from Trinidad. I was born in Hawaii and we lived all over. I came to Salem to go to college and just finally felt like I had a hometown, uh, fell in love with the city, with my husband. And we've been raising three kids in, in this beautiful place. Um, I'm so enamored of local government. I really think it's the branch of government that we all rely on. Educating your kids, keeping your neighborhood safe, investing in those places that matter. When I first took office in Salem, we had a lot of challenges, uh, budgets that were out of whack. You know, we weren't really open and transparent. I'm the first woman mayor of Salem and have really taken the mantle to work together with people in my community, lead this gateway city. And 16 years later, we're a hip, historic, vibrant destination. We're one of the most visited destinations in Massachusetts. I'm really proud of the work we've done here. And as mayor, the experience you get, you know, I chaired the school committee. We work on uh, not only service delivery issues, but also important sort of forward thinking lenses. Uh, what are we going to do to meet our housing needs? How are we expanding pre-K to better serve four-year-olds in our school population? What can we do to address climate change as a coastal community? I think what happens in cities, particularly cities like mine, are very much a microcosm of the challenges we have at the state. And I hope to be able to use that experience uh, that I've had as mayor prior to that, working in the city of Chelsea as they were coming out of receivership. Um, and just the lens of someone who's on the ground every day. I call local government part of the get stuff done wing. And uh, you've got to deliver. There's no hiding when you're making decisions. And I, I hope I can leverage this experience to work with our next, our, our next governor and make cities work and work better. When our communities are thriving, our Commonwealth is thriving. And uh, that's the experience I hope to take. Uh, I've been fortunate to do this work and uh, hope to use that experience to, to do it in more places. Well, that sounds great, Kim. And, you know, it's interesting. Jerry Brown, former governor of California twice, I think, at least twice, became the mayor of Oakland, California. And he said, you know, I've been governor and I've been mayor. And when you've been mayor, it's where the rubber meets the road. He said it is a different experience. You are not detached. You are not at 30,000 feet surveying the, you know, the, a state like California or a state like Massachusetts. You're there in the neighborhood uh, 
with the people on a day-to-day basis. And then to your point, there's no place to hide. So, so if you've survived 16 years, were you actually mayor for 16 years? I have been. Yeah, I feel fortunate. This is my 17th year. Been reelected five times by the people in my community, and uh, I feel blessed. So tell us about why you're running for lieutenant governor. What do you hope to bring to the office? You know, I touched upon it earlier. I really feel like uh, for the Commonwealth to be vibrant and thriving, we need our communities working. And right now, a lot of our communities are working, but not all. Salem's a gateway city, which means that we have a very diverse population, both in income and in race and language and culture. I think it makes us more livable, but it also can uh, bring different challenges. And we know there are gateway cities throughout Massachusetts, places that were regional economic hubs, that some are doing better than others. Uh, For our Commonwealth to do well, frankly, we need all of our cities working well, not just Boston and Kendall Square and the Seaport District. I hope as mayor, uh, as someone who's been an innovative leader with executive experience, as a city that's nearly 400 years old, we have to not only be mindful of our history, but also be thinking forward thinking in a way that what's the next iteration of our community going to be? Who are we going to benefit? And how are we going to do that work? Um, I'm pretty sure not everybody agrees with every decision coming out of City Hall. I mean, I know that's certain. But I think what people really respect about the work we've done here is they value that we have the best interest of our community in mind, that we're good listeners, that we're accountable. When you're making decisions for neighbors, for people you know and see, you're managing that risk, you're managing those opportunities, you're also working together. So um, I think the experience of mayor is one that can you know, really help me partner with our next governor to not just think about what's happening at the state level, but how we're benefiting the quality of life where people live. As you said, where the rubber hits the road. And I think that's an important lens, a sense of urgency, a skill set that's tied to accountability and listening that can really be um, helpful as we think about historic resources and also some choppy waters ahead. So right. I hope to champion our cities. Right. Well, tell me what specific uh, areas of expertise would you like to bring to the table as lieutenant governor? I mean, we just came out of this pandemic. How do you think we did with it on a statewide basis? Do you think uh, we we met the challenge? Uh, maybe you have some ideas of what we could have done better. How was it for you as mayor? And how do you see those experiences helping you as uh, LG and the areas that you would like to focus on? Yeah, thanks so much for that. I mean, uh, mayors like me were on the ground, you know, in the trenches with COVID response and recovery, uh, really car- carrying both uh, worry and opportunities for our communities. You know, I think Massachusetts has come through COVID, uh, you know, pretty well. It was harrowing times, though. The last few years, you're managing risks for others. And depending upon your circumstances, if you're someone whose whole livelihood was based on your business being open, you know, you wanted businesses open. And if you're someone who lives with an immunocompromised family member and really scared about what the impacts of COVID would be, you want everything shut down. You know, mayors, boards of health, we were in the crossroads of that, the crosshairs of that. And I will say that I think that there was a lot of esprit de corps. People really came together from local leaders to community members. Um, But as we've come out of it, we've also seen, you know, where the holes are, what parts of our system didn't work from a public health delivery perspective. You know, our public schools were working well for a lot of people, but not for all before the pandemic. We've got real challenges there with kids who have had academic gaps, long times away from peers and classrooms, lots of screen time, uh, tremendous amount of work to do there. And we did also note that for some people, they came through COVID with their economics intact, right? Not too hurt in their pocketbooks. But for lots of others, especially now with interest rates going up, groceries, gas going up, we have a lot of people hurting. We're already a high housing cost state. So you add that and layer on these other challenges. I think we're going to be in for some course correction. 
And someone who's been an executive, who's had to deliver services, who certainly has also had to think about how are we going to put in place programs and initiatives, interventions that can inoculate us from the worst of the pandemic, from the worst of economic resources. I've managed the city through a, through a recession. These are not easy things. Now, the good thing is we've got some resources, in fact, historic resources. So I'm hopeful that we can use some of those dollars to inoculate ourselves from the worst of uh, whatever might be coming from a, an economic standpoint and put those dollars to good use to think about longer term economic prosperity. And for me, that's housing, that's early education, that's not walking away from the work we have to do to tackle the climate crisis. You know, doing nothing is not an option in that sphere. And when you think about housing and climate, you have to add transportation in. Many of us know uh, housing is the biggest challenge we're facing in many of our communities. Uh, we need more of it. We need a whole lot more of it to be affordable, but you also need to be able to get people around. We want the housing, we don't want the cars. And that's key to the climate crisis as well. So as I said, cities are a microcosm of the challenges we're facing at the state. I wanna use this experience to partner with our next governor and get to work. We've got, um, we've got uh, I think, some choppy waters ahead, but also some immense opportunities. And I'm betting on Massachusetts and want to be part of our team. You know, we do have some uh, great opportunities, and I know there's going to be a lot of money coming from the federal government to Massachusetts. Um, are there programs that you put in place in as mayor of Salem around housing, around transportation, around early childhood education, those issues that are very important to you that you think would translate on a statewide level? Yeah, absolutely. You know, as a mayor and an executive, we've worked hard to ensure as we're thinking about housing, what does that mean in our community? You know, we have a housing production plan and it's telling us, hey, good news, people are living longer. Bad news, we don't have enough housing to meet our need just for the people living here, let alone anybody who might be moving in. You know, every city having a housing production plan would be key. So you can understand the diagnostics around, you know, what type of housing you need to serve what age group and what demographic, and then get to work to do that, whether that's through smart growth zoning pro proposals, looking at leveraging public land, using community land trusts. There's definitely strategies we can put in place to try and improve on the housing circumstances in all of our communities. You've got to marry that with uh, getting cars off the road, too many single occupancy vehicles. You know, we've worked here on what's called a rideshare service known as Salem Skipper. It's an Uber-based platform, uh, and it's given 65,000 rides since it's been an inception just over a year. That's helping both older adults who don't want to drive, younger adults who don't have a license, uh, helping us be a car light or car optional city. And we've married that with our own car share program and our bike share program. You're seeing a lot of the innovation, uh, both in, in transportation, in climate change, in operational needs, uh, happening at the local level because we're smaller scale and frankly, we're a little bit more flexible. Right. And that's the type of work I hope to amplify. Right. Same thing with early ed. We've expanded early ed. We have got to do that. Other states, Jimmy, the state of Alabama, a red state, has high quality pre-K for every four-year-old. Uh, we have got to put that in place as a way to help our youngest learners and our working families. And those are initiatives that I've undertaken and hope to play a part in uh, moving forward. When you talk about the car sharing and the Uber-like transportation, is that publicly funded or is that a public-private partnership? Because it sounds like a really good idea that if you could get some sort of public transportation to come to somebody's house and pick them up and bring them to the specific destination without walking a half mile to the bus stop, then walking another mile or half mile or quarter mile when you get there, it would be so effective. And I think it would be greatly improved public transportation. Is that a public service? It is. Um, it doesn't quite meet you at your house. You still need, might need to walk to the end of the street. Okay. You know, there's a distance that they give you. So I don't, it's not all, door to door. If you're, you know, uh, yeah. disabled or have some physical challenges right. that will pick you up at your door, but it generally makes you walk to the end of your block. Nothing too crazy. 
And we're using our cannabis revenues to pay for it. You know, so if you come to Salem and uh, purchase some cannabis, you are helping us get people around without a car. Uh, and it started out as an age-friendly initiative, and now we know it's serving all ages. So these are tools and innovations that exist. Think about it. No one really lives their life on a bus schedule. So we've got to find ways to make innovation with our existing transportation networks work better and smarter for people in our communities. How are the bike paths being received in Salem? Because I know I live in Cambridge and, you know, there's a, there's a tension there between the bikes and the cars and trying to find the right balance. I'll just say one thing that my experience is, and I am a biker and a car person, there's got to be mutual respect for people. You can't, it can't be, I'm just bike or I'm just car and screw the bikers or screw the cars. There's got to be, you know, some mutual respect for people who are just trying to get to work and get around. How's it working for you guys? You know, most of our um, bike paths are off-road. We've got some on-road as well, bike lanes. Um, it is definitely a balance trying not to undermine for folks who still need to drive the opportunity to do so. But most of our cities, frankly, the car is king. If you look at the amount of public space that's you know, reserved for cars between parking and roadways, you know, it right now has the advantage. And frankly, that's the way most people travel. But it's this chicken and egg. We can't complain about the traffic when we're sitting in our car, one person, single occupancy, like where are the traffic, right? <laughs> we need to have those alternatives. And um, it's working pretty well here, but there's always going to be grumblings on either side. Yeah. And uh, it's up to all of us to come together to realize we can't just have cars. We need to respect other ways of alternatives to get around walking, biking, especially a city like Salem, we're eight square miles. So we're not, the distance is not that far, but we've got to make it safer for people to use those alternatives. It's interesting that you're using cannabis funds to fund car, car transportation. If you go to Salem, you buy an ounce of pot, you, you smoke a couple of bones, you don't want to get behind the wheel anyway. <laughs> that public Uber option. It's all connected, Jimmy, all right? <laughs> <laughs> it's all connected. Tell me what you're most proud of, some of the things you're most proud of as 16 years of mayor and either in your private life or your, or your public life uh, as mayor uh, that you've been most proud of over the, over the last uh, 16 years. You know, personally, I'm so um, grateful to have three terrific kids, a wonderful supportive husband. When you're in a job like this, it's definitely the family sacrifices in terms of time and like even going to the grocery store takes a little bit longer. Uh, and I've been blessed to have a family that's really supportive, my immediate family, my supportive uh, extended family as well. But some of the things in the city, I would say, is like building a super strong team that's professional, that's always looking to like get better. We don't rest on laurels here. What's the better way to do something? How can we be cutting edge? We're not afraid to try things that might not work. It's a curiosity that I think we could use more of in state government. And I think our attention to the waterfront. When I came here, Salem's prominence came from the water, great age of sail. But we had largely turned our back on it. Uh, within a year, we set up a new ferry service to get people back and forth from Boston, not only commuters, but visitors. We now have cruise ships coming to Salem. We're about to become an offshore wind hub. We don't have highway access. I always say Salem Harbor, Salem Sound, that's our Route 128, right? That's our Route 1. That's our key to our economic future. It always has been. And our ability to really use our coast and the waterfront as an asset to drive the, our economic development and great quality of life, you know, living on the water and opening up public space. As we turn 400 in 2026, I think our community is poised to not just have like a, you know, an impressive past, but a really bright future. And I'm proud to be a part of that, along with a whole lot of people here who work together towards an aligned vision. Um, and, and that's the work, right? That's why we do this. It, it, for me, anyways, it's about trying to make a meaningful impact in the place you live and the place you love. It certainly is what's driving my interest in running for lieutenant governor 
to take this experience and make it work on a larger scale, helping our communities, uh, bringing a lens of uh, the Get Stuff Done wing to the State House, and using these resources in a way that's going to make Massachusetts better. Let me ask you two questions. You said you went to, you came to Salem to go to school. Did you go to Salem State? I went to Salem State. I'm a hoop player. I played basketball there. Wow. And I got, yeah, I got an internship in, in the planning department in Salem and, and really just fell in love with uh, local government here. And the other thing is, do you work well with others? Because I imagine being a mayor 16 years, you have to learn how to work well with others. And could you bring that to the, to the state house? You know, whether I'm uh, working as mayor or certainly I hope to be working as lieutenant governor, some of the skill sets I rely on around team building is what I did playing hoop, right? When you're on a team, you don't always love everyone. You don't always want to go out for a drink afterwards with everyone, but you work together towards a common goal. And that's what I, you know, certainly want to do is roll up my sleeves. I feel, you know, fortunate to be in a position to use some skill sets. And you want to surround yourself with people who are better than you, who are smarter than you, who have different ideas. You know, you duke it out around a decision making and then, you, you know, you go after it. And that's what I hope to do in this role. Right. What position did you play in, in, in basketball? You know, I played point. I played a little bit of guard, you know, off guard, right. Um, right. you know, whatever your strengths are on your team. That's, right. you know, teams really matter when you're thinking about how, you know, how you're going to play, how Absolutely. you're going to attack a problem. So please, Kim, give us a, uh, a final statement um, and tell people where they can uh, find out more about you, where they might want to get involved with your campaign, and where they could make a donation. Jimmy, thanks so much for having me on, frankly, for having all of us on, giving us this format to introduce people to ourselves or let them learn a little bit more about us. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much. You know, I'm hoping to, as I said earlier, use my experience in local government, both here in Salem and in Chelsea, to partner with our next governor and do the sorts of work that people are relying on us to do. You know, there's a lot of cynicism in government. Uh, are we doing enough? Are we doing too little? Are we really helping people's lives? I see every day the work that I do on the local level, the impacts it has on people, and frankly, what we're not able to do as well, and that has impacts too. I'm really motivated to serve in this role because I think I have a skill set that's going to be helpful as we think about the next four years. Some choppy waters ahead with interest rates up and inflation impacting us, but also some immense opportunities with historic resources, really smart people in Massachusetts. And I think um, we're at this uh, point in time where our actions are really going to have an impact on not just the next four years, but frankly, the next decade. Coming out of COVID, we're not going back to the way things used to be. We can't quite stay with what's happening now. It's a little messy and chaotic in a lot of our systems. So what's that new way forward? Mirrors are used to operationalizing plans, working with what you have, listening to what's happening on the ground, and then putting our best foot forward. I want to work as a team to build a stronger Massachusetts that positively impacts the quality of life in the places we live. And I'd be thrilled and honored to have folks support. You can find out more at kimdriscoll.org. Volunteer, get involved. Campaigns are fun, and we're always looking for more people to help us. Ladies and gentlemen, Mayor Kim Driscoll of Salem, Massachusetts, currently a candidate for lieutenant governor. Thank you so much, Madam Mayor, for joining us today. Good luck, and we will see you on the campaign trail. Thank you for joining us today. This has been a Humor for Humanity production. Our mission is your mission. Humor for Humanity at jimmytingle.com. Thank you.